As I done told you already, I'm so happy back home. It's been a minute. Uh, I know that y'all been being blessed by Rudy, and uh, I thank God for him and his ministry. Uh, But man, I miss coming. Uh, But I've been praying about uh, what to speak today. And, you know, a lot of times preachers have this bad habit. Thank you, my dear. You figured it out. I didn't have an extra hand here. Of uh, how to, uh, we tell you what not to do, but we don't tell you how to get past what not to do. You ever figured that out? We'll come in and tell you what sin is and then tell you how to stay away from it. We can come in and preach to you what you should do, but we don't teach you how to do it. And sometimes we got to slow our roll. You know what I mean? And so God talked to me today about dealing with temptation. You see, we all think we're special. And I'm looking at a whole lot of people that are not in their heads, in their heart, going, I am. <laughs> Do you not see this? <laughs> I am that special. No, you're not. Here's the thing. We're all as special because Jesus Christ died for all of us, not just you. You understand what I'm saying? But we like to put ourselves on a little pedestal. I just don't want to get on a pedestal because getting knocked off makes you cripple. So here's the thing I want you to understand. I want you to understand when we talk about temptation, we've got to understand that we are serving a Savior who knows about temptation. You see, I want you to go ahead and I want you to turn, get the Bible. If you ain't got the Bible, go ahead and pull out your cotton picking iPhone or whatever you want to. Or you can reach in front of you underneath the seat in front of you. There should be a Bible there. Uh, it's all good. And I know that it's on the screen. But sometimes there's just something about having it to where when I'm talking and spouting off at the mouth, you can look back at it when it's not on the screen. So here's the thing. Go to Matthew 4, chapter 1, or uh, chapter Matthew, chapter 4, verse 1, and we're going to read verse 1 through 11, okay? I want you to understand that life is full of temptations for the Christian. I want you to hear this. For the Christian. And I, I make that caveat because there's not a whole lot of temptation for a sinner. What are they going to tempt you with? Live a righteous life. Be good to people. That's not a temptation. And in fact, it tends to be something that makes sinners not happy and uncomfortable. But for a Christian, temptations are normal. Not only are they normal, you've got to understand that the world itself asks you to abandon godliness and righteousness in all forms. You see, you have to understand when we come into fulfilling the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the lust of the pride of life, when we succumb to that, you can no longer consider yourself a Christian. It's one of those funny things. I woke up this morning and the lust of my body was not today, Satan, and pushed the snooze button about 19 times. 
I lost an hour of sleep. And see, I was silly. I went and spent this weekend in Prim, Nevada, watching the Mint 400 because that's what I love, right? So I'm down there, and we finally get home last night, and on the way home, I get into the house at 9 o'clock last night, and my wife goes, no. I go, no, why? Because sometimes her brain goes in a different direction. And, and she goes, I just got an alert. And I go, about what? Tomorrow is daylight saving time. And I went, no. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> but you know what's funny was when I woke up, there's a thing that we have. How many of you understand? How many of you have ever? Nobody in here, men, keep your hands. Just do this. Tuck them down. Right? Here's the thing. Have you ever slept next to somebody as you're married and the, and, the, and the alarm go off and they just lay there like that? Uh, and you actually have to get up and physically go and turn it off next to their head and then go, thank you. The lust of sleep <laughs> has washed all over my wife's body. I'm just telling you. And now, men, you can take your hands out. You're safe. Here's the thing I want you to understand. We all have different temptations to do certain things that we don't, we think it's just us. But you see, the thing we got to come to is understand what happened with Jesus. You see, Jesus, when he was here, was tempted in every way, form, and fashion that you will be. No. Really? Let's see. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. To be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Lust of hunger, lust of flesh, feeding the flesh, right? Then it says, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then, because you know, you can't just go with one temptation. You've got to continue. And it says, Then the devil took him to the holy city and, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord thy God to test. You see, now all of a sudden it's power and authority. Right? Then it says, again the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in splendor. I, I will give you all this. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels come to attend him. You see, you've got to understand something. That's the of things. The, 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 the gift of things. You understand what I'm saying? He tended him with things. The funny thing is, I get, he's God. All things came from him and are him. Devil's got to be pretty stupid. 
to think I'm going to tempt you by giving you all that you created. <laughs> I don't know about you, but the thing of it is, is you have to understand Jesus was hungry. His physical body was broke down. Forty days he had been hungry. Some of you can't go four hours hungry. Forty days. Do you know what happens after 40 days? Your body starts to break down. Your mind does not think correctly. And then guess what? In your weakened state, who shows up to go mess with you? By the way, I just want to let you know something. Do you know that Jesus Christ is omniscient? You know what that means, right? I'm looking. (laughs) I ain't seen one thing of recognition yet. Omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. Do you understand that? All-knowing, right? All-powerful, and can be everywhere at one time. Do you know what Satan is not? Omniscient, omnipotent. Do you understand what I'm saying? You think, how many of you ever ever thought, Satan's just been on my doorstep. You're not that important. Satan ain't been on your doorstep. No, temptation's been on your doorstep. And when you're in a weakened state physically, you start all of a sudden looking at things in a little different way, don't you? All of a sudden, it's easier to start just, okay. What, none of you have ever been there? None of you have been in a weakened state to where something came along and you didn't have the fight or you didn't feel like you had the fight left in you. And you just, okay, I guess that's what has to happen. That's how Gary got lucky. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Boy, he married way up. But I'm just telling you, you got to understand that temptation is the devil's toolbox. Because what he does through temptation is he breaks your focus. If you think about it, if, that's what I'm trying to tell you. He's tempting Jesus with stupid stuff. Turn this into food. Jesus just said, I just call Grubhub. I don't need him to turn nothing into food. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't have to sit there. It's stupid stuff. Jesus didn't have to turn anything into food. He could just speak food into existence. He's tempted him with trying to do things outside of where it was supposed to be. Let me see. How many of you in here have been tempted to do things that you knew were wrong, but it was easy? You see, I was tempted to sleep an extra 15 minutes and just drive 20 miles over the speed limit to get here. It would have worked unless I got pulled over, then I'd have been 20 minutes late. So what do you do? But do you understand how tempting it is sometimes? And, and, And I was going to bring the Camaro this morning, and I thought better because I probably would have been here at 9.30. Because it's a fast car. And without my wife sitting next to me. (laughs) 
That's why it's her car. Because <laughs> she goes, <laughs> you know that this thing will turn tires like really fast. <laughs> Makes that sound. <laughs> she does not fall into that temptation. She's stronger than me. I'm just trying to tell you. Sometimes temptations are stupid that grow bigger. If you give in to one, it's easier to give in to another. And you see, when you fall into one temptation and there's not a price to pay, the next next temptation's a little bit bigger. No, no, no harm, no foul. The next temptation's a little bit bigger. So pretty soon there's no temptation because you're no longer walking in the Lord. He's broke your focus. See, temptations are not to pull you, they're to trick you. Think about it. If your focus was on the things of God, right? If your focus was on the things of God, you would not be walking around going, Hallelujah, need a cocaine, need some cocaine. Just a smoke crack, just a smoke. No. You wouldn't do that. Because when your mind's on the Lord, the things of this world do not even tempt you. It's when your mind gets off of the things of the Lord that temptation comes. It's pretty hard. This little baby sat here today from the top of her lungs singing, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Good Lord. I don't know about you, my heart was over here being blessed. Because if you can get it in your heart at that age, when you're my age, it comes a little easier. How many of you in here are going to go to a bar and sit down and order a cocktail and say, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound is in the wretch like Another round, please. Me! No, you're not going to praise the Lord in a place where sin abides, right? But guess what? That's funny. Because you'll bring sin where Christ abides. You see, when we get tempted, we're walking our focus away from the things of the Lord. If you are thinking and walking in the Spirit, guess what? It's pretty hard to get tempted. So, you know, the thing of it is, is I've heard this all the time. Jesus does not, God just doesn't understand what I'm going through. You're right. He doesn't have a clue at all. Because in Hebrews 4.15 it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Yet he gets it. He gets it. You see, that's justification. You see, you don't understand how hard it is. Yes, I do. I'm a recovering addict. I say that, you see, you got to understand, I am not an alcoholic. I once was. I am not a drug addict. I once was. 
You know why I say I'm a recovering? Because, you know, I fight that battle every day still after 34 years. 34 years. There's still things that make me go, huh. Because temptation's not something that goes away. What you are asking is, God, I know that I dabbled in this because I felt the temptation take it away. He can take the desire away, but the temptation never goes away. I can tell you right now, this morning on the way here, I, I actually did go a little bit faster than the speed limit, so I was running ahead of time. So I stopped at the little store that they put up over here specifically for preachers that needed to pee. It's right there, uh, the exit before the Overton exit. And I stopped there, and, and I used their facilities, which are clean, and it's really nice, and it's new. And then I got me a green tea and a little sausage biscuit. But do you know to get to the green tea, I had to walk past 17 cases of beer. I haven't drank in, in over 34 years. You know, I still stopped and looked at those. By the way, who wants to put something called fat tire in your body? <laughs> Oops, already got it. <laughs> Do you understand? Oh, it's there. <laughs> That's going to sound good. Here's the thing I want you to understand. After 34 years, I still took a breath. But as soon as I grabbed that Arizona iced tea and I walked away, I was like, God, you're still amazing. Thank you for delivering me from what I fell into. You see, the temptation doesn't go away. You see, we're asking God, remove temptation. He will when he comes and takes you home. Alan, your daddy hasn't got to worry about temptation anymore. No, he's done. He is now in the presence of the king. And guess what happens when he's in the presence of the king? There ain't nobody up there going, hey. No! We're too busy doing this to think about anything else. Guess what? That takes something from that. If you had your hands raised, praising God in the middle of your storm, all of a sudden, Satan is not going to come picking on you because you're already in the right frame of mind and he ain't going to be able to beat you down. It's when you allow yourself to fall into the pity party that all of a sudden he goes, <laughs> got him. It says you've got to worship the Lord. You've got to understand uh, in James chapter 1, verses 12 through 16, he says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood that test, that person will receive the crown of life the Lord has promised to those who loved him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived it, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. That's a banging scripture right there. That's a mouthful all right there. That right there, I can stop it. Let's all pray, and we can eat taco salad, 
and talk stuff. You don't understand. What he's trying to tell you is you need to understand to, to, to persevere under trial. To persevere under trial. You already know. God threw a bunch our way. The last two years, man, I was like, this storm's never going to end. My brother Alan diagnosed with cancer. My wife diagnosed with cancer. Oh, that's way too much. Way too much for one hillbilly to handle. Losing a brother and losing a wife. Alan, you know what I'm talking about. When everything comes at you and it's like, wait, that shoe fell oh, too quick. I haven't even recovered from the first and now it's the second. And in the middle of all that, it's like, how am I supposed to stand up and be strong? And I realized, I'm not. I'm not. You see, when you're getting beat up, you don't have to sit there and think, how am I supposed to be? Do you understand that when you are at your lowest point, your weakest, that's when God is his strongest. Because if you are at your weakest, you're not trying to do it anymore. You turn it over to him. It's when you think you got yourself going on, you try to take the handle and ride, drive. You get me, right? When you think you're okay, I've got it going on. I know what I'm supposed to do. You try to take the wheel back from God, and all of a sudden, you're driving down the wrong road. It's when you're weak, and you don't know what to do, and you just like, God, I, I'm done. He's like, finally. Finally. But you've got to understand something. We've got to understand what Satan does here. Do you understand the temptation of gossip? Do you understand the temptation of judging? Do you understand the temptation of running your mouth when it should be shut? Do you know what I did last Sunday? Last Sunday, I brought a roll of duct tape. I did, and I ripped it into four-inch pieces, and I hung it right up here off my thing. And everybody was like, what is he doing? And I said, there are four pieces of duct tape hanging up here. There are four of you in here don't know how to shut your mouth. You need to come up and grab a piece. I'll let you choose which four. At the end of the night, there were still four pieces of duct tape because nobody's going to jump up on that one. Some of you got to get a point. It's the called the, it's called comparison. You see, the sin of comparison is. I just don't understand why Gary got such a beautiful wife, and look at mine. I don't understand why they have such a nice car and mine's broke down. I don't understand why. You understand what I'm saying? 
You start looking at other people thinking that's what you're supposed to have. God has given you what you have earned and need. You see, we got, we got to figure out the difference between wants and needs. It says God will give you your needs, not your wants. My need is a way to get to work, a job to go to, and a house to sleep in, and, and food on the table. That's my needs. My wants is a Mercedes Benz, uh, an acre and a half with, with, with a servant on it. I'm in a wheelchair. I ain't doing an acre and a half. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know, do you understand what I'm saying? That's my wants. What are my needs? You see, but the temptation is to go past your needs and go looking for what everybody else has as your wants. It was amazing today. This weekend, we, there was a feller down there, and he was cocky. His name's B.J. Baldwin, and he's been around the desert racing scene for a long time. And B.J. Baldwin's from Las Vegas. And we're racing in Prim, Nevada, which is his stomping grounds. So guess what? He gets up there and he's talking and he says, you know, it's great to be home in front of my home crowd. You know, I'm going to tear this course up. You know, I've done, been this and done this. And I'm going to be able to do this. So it's really exciting. I hope you all are at the finish line when you see me. He made 30 miles and broke out of the race. It was a 400-mile race. Way to open your mouth and insert stupid. Isn't it sometimes better just not to say something and just do it? But what happened was, is he allowed himself to be proud. Be proud. James 4, uh, verses 1 through 5. James 4, verses 1 through 5. I'm trying to remember it. What, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You cannot covet, but... Oh, wait. You covet, yes. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive, right? Yes. Um, you gotta, you got to understand, the reason you all fight in a church is you're not satisfied. You're not satisfied. And when we become close, you know, you know what's funny is, is when you become, you become family, right? This is your church family, correct? And when you get with family, guess what? You start seeing what other people have and have not. Right? And all of a sudden you get a little jelly. It's okay. 
you cannot, you don't have to pretend like you don't. A lot of us fall into that thing. I don't understand why Rick and Trina are going all over the country. Good Lord, they're always gone. How can they even afford to go on that many vacations? Oh my Lord Jesus, they have property in like 14 states. They're always going to, oh, we're in Havasu. Oh, guess what? Oh, we're in the mountains in Georgia. Oh, we're in the mountains in Utah. Oh, we're at the cabin. Oh, we're at this. And it's like, whatever. I, I went to Walmart. <laughs> Why? You don't think that, you know, and guess what they do? You know what they do to rub it in your face? They put it on Facebook. They put it on Facebook to where it's like, <laughs> don't ask where I was Sunday. I was in Havis. I was in ha- I was in Havasu with my children. Oh, I love it. And look how pretty they are. <laughs> I got rid of Facebook because I wanted to love her. I was getting jealous. I was, go- man, I wish I could go. I can't afford to go to Walmart anymore, much less go to Havasu. Do you understand what I'm saying? We all have that thing where we start to get jealous over one another, and how do they get, and how come I can't? Well, marry up. That's what she did. <laughs> oh, I'll break my run. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I want you, <laughs> Gary's over going, yeah, buddy, I'm married for the pension. Here you go. I want you to understand something. Temptations become, come because your heart's not in the right place. Temptation comes because your heart's not in the right place. You've got to understand shifting your love from things of this world to the Lord. My grandpa used to tell me all the time, uh, me and your grandma don't, don't agree. What are you talking about? Grandma says, just give me a little cabin in the back corner of heaven where I can just spend the rest of eternity. I don't agree with that. I've lived in bitty cabin here on earth. God, when I get to heaven, my mansion ought to be the biggest one up here because you didn't give me nothing here. Almost. (laughs) It was that close. I don't want to slide into heaven. Barely. When I get to heaven, I want God to say, well done. Understand? That doesn't mean that I almost made it. That means that I made him proud. And the way to do that is to shift my love from the things of this world to the life of the things of God. Do you know that I love dirt racing? I just went and spent a bunch of stupid money to go down to the middle of a desert to watch people. It was an hour and a half before they came back. (laughs) It's a hundred mile course. 
They come by at a hundred mile an hour, and I'm like, ah, ah. I better start writing a message down for Overton tomorrow. And then all of a sudden you hear, oh, ladies and gentlemen, they're coming into the show cars. Six and a half hours I sat there to see them three times. (laughs) Special kind of stupid to do that kind of stuff. But that's my love. That's what I enjoy. That's That's what... I get pleasure out of when you're hearing thousand horsepowers going past you at 140 mile an hour and the tires going and the dude inside going makes me all kinds of happy inside. The temptation was when they went by Angry beaver beer at the corner of the... What? It's because that's all they do. What are you going to do? We're going to go get drunk. What are you going to do for an hour and a half? Drink, because you've got an hour and a half before they come back. Some of these people were passed out by the time the end of the race happened. Because they'd been drinking for eight hours. The temptation wasn't focused on the race. You see, that's what's funny. Even yesterday, at the race, I was getting tempted to lose my Christianity. I'm in a wheelchair. Sitting down on a berm. And do you know what people did? They came and stood in front of me. I didn't come to see your butt. (laughs) I came to watch a race. Excuse me. Um, Could you please move? One twenty-something-year-old young man. I thought my son was going to go to prison yesterday because he's just come back to the Lord, and uh, uh, I will just tell you. Uh, he about gave up on that already yesterday because this young man turned around and said, shut up and stand up if you've got a problem. My son unzipped his jacket, took his jacket off. My wife was going, don't you dare, Stephen. You, he, dude, he's going to kill you. And I said, no, he's going to hold me up to where I can kill you. And then we prayed and had a kumbaya moment. And then the young man seen the size of my son and he left. <laughs> because my boy's big. And, and I thought, hmm, you know what's funny? Is through all that temptation, you know what made it go away? When you realize the person that he was trying to tempt was bigger. Satan has to do the same thing because when he comes and you put your mind on God, he's going to leave because the person you're serving is bigger than him. He's bigger than him. I want you to follow me. We've got to get there. 
You understand temptations are not going to go away, y'all. It's something you're going to have to deal with. But you've got to be able to put them in perspective. You're tempted when you're drawn away by your own lust. The lust of the eyes. <clears throat> Gary, you know what was there? Polaris. Polaris. They had 18 customized Polaris is there. I could have went over and signed my name and drove one. I don't know how I would have made a painting. <laughs> but I could have done that. And you know what else they had? On the other end? Pan Am. Brand new. Customized. 33 tires. 33 inch tires on a Pan Am. jail the next month because I couldn't make the payment. But you know what else was there? Half-naked people. Everywhere. It was cold, y'all. It was, wind was blowing. It was like in the 60s and these y'all need to teach your children how to cover their self up. at this height, I can't like, if I try to look at their eyes, I get a creak in my neck. Hi, would you like, no, Satan, get away from me. Put some clothes on. I actually offered one young lady, do you want my sweatshirt? What? You need to cover all that up. And she starts laughing. You sound like my dad. You should have listened. The lust of the eyes is everywhere. You know what? You got a cell phone? That's the lust of the eyes right there, buddy. What? It's not only pornography. It's Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> I'm giving her a hard time because she makes me jealous all the time. But I want you to understand, I prayed about it. We're We're okay. We're okay. She blocked me. I don't even have Facebook. <laughs> I had to look at somebody else's Facebook because I don't even have it. I got rid of all my stuff because I love Jesus and I want to love you too. So here's the thing. I got rid of all my social media. <laughs> you want to talk to me, you better call me. I don't even text much. Here's the thing I want you to understand, though. The lust of the eyes is anything that pulls you away from God. It can be a pickup truck. You see, when you start left. But I got news. They got a brand new Dodge. Oh, man, it's purdy. I'm talking P-U-R-T-Y purdy. Oh, my Lord. It's got a Cummins. And it's got a 12 inches more. You know what? It's got so much room in the back. You can cross your foot like that, and that foot won't touch the seat. <laughs> it's like having a couch in the back. 
And for $114,000, it can be yours. So if y'all want to take up a collection, I will gladly go with you and let you buy me a dog. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, what's funny is, as silly as that sounds, you know, I sit there and I look at stuff like that and I'm like, God, why can I not afford that? He said, because you don't need it. Doesn't that old 2003 Yukon get you where you need to go? Haul your wheelchair? Yeah. Why do you need a dog? It's amazing. Lust of the eyes is something we all can fall into, and instead of sitting there and thanking God for a 2003 Yukon that still runs after 340,000 miles, or a 1998 Camaro that still makes my heart go, ha, 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 Do you understand what I'm saying? Instead of sitting there and thanking God for what you've got, you start thinking about what you ain't got. And that's called the lust of the eyes. And then it comes to the lust of the flesh. When you start deciding what you want to put in your body or on your body or do with your body that it should not be. But the one that a lot of us fall into and don't recognize is the lust of pride. When you don't realize that all you've got be taken away in a moment because it's just stuff but you walk around proud look at me look at my beautiful children look at us in Havasu <laughs> just saying <laughs> if the shoe fits just I just saying <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but I want you to understand when your heart is in the things of this world and not on the things of heaven, temptation will overtake you. When you come to the point that you understand that through the love of Jesus Christ you can overcome anything. With the love of Jesus Christ you can get everything you've ever desired. Because it says God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that not scripture? That when you're having your mind focused on God, your desires are on heavenly things, not on a call. You get me? Folks, you got to understand something. You can get past temptation by putting it in perspective. We got teenagers that have phones. Do you know I just read a uh, sickening uh, survey that where they did a study that 51% of all ministers that have fallen are because of pornography. it's a secret sin. Do you know what secret sins are? The ones that you don't think harm anybody else and nobody else. To 
fall into that temptation is because you've taken your mind off the things of God. I challenge you this week to recognize the temptations of that, 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 that Satan's putting in front of you. By the way, you've got to remember, don't give Satan too much credit. He's not always there. He can't be. And if he's coming to mess with you, you must be pretty stinking important. You understand what I'm saying? But I want you to understand something. You all have to come to understand you can get past temptation. But if you let temptation creep in without addressing it, it's an overdose. Do not allow that to happen. Alright? Guess what? Next week's going to be even better because I'm going to have an extra hour of sleep next time. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Y'all wake me up one more time like this. Next year, I'm calling in sick. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. If the Lord gives me this church and I'm your pastor full time, I would call in sick next year. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll never turn down coming to see y'all. I love you. Thank you for allowing me to come back home for a minute. I will be back next week, and uh, we, I don't know what God's going to throw, uh, but uh, I promise you it'll be thrown, and, and we'll get there. So, Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather into your house. God, thank you for this family of God. Thank you for your word. God, thank you for the promise that we know that through all that we go through, you've already paved a way for us to get through to it. God, bless each one of us as we go through this week. Let us be a light unto this town, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you.